Let's continue the conversation about the employment situation in the U.S., especially with a tech focus. Heading to Berkeley, UC Berkeley, Rich Lyons is the Chief Innovation and Entrepreneurship Officer at the University. Richard, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Oliver. Uh, from reading about what you do in your role and your work with venture capital firms and uh, early tech in California, it seems like you've got a pretty interesting connection to the tech world. Tell us about what you do there. Well, so, so my role is to oversee what we call tech transfer in universities, the patenting, the licensing, uh, the connection to venture capital opportunities, the accelerators, the incubators, that sort of thing. All right. Well, we're trying to figure out uh, all the data we can get right now. So tell us about what you're seeing and how those uh, uh, types of activities are faring in a weird time for the economy right now. We're trying to figure out if we're in recession or not. And some of the tech stuff is the most concerning out there in the stock market the past year. Yeah, well, certainly we've seen big moves on NASDAQ, and we've seen big moves, even though they're they're mostly private market and in the startup market as well. So, you know, it, it's been a tough last three, three six months, clearly, in, in the private markets and the venture markets. At the same time, I think this is true in equity markets as well. I think a lot of VCs, venture capitalists, are seeing a lot of opportunity with, with prices having come off so far and a lot of quite good businesses on the ground. Uh, there's excitement there. And then another source of excitement, and this may be just because I'm so close to it, but uh, the, it is unbelievable how much this nation's universities have organized themselves to stimulate startup activity and innovation and entrepreneurship. So there's a there's a big tailwind coming from university commitment to, to catalyzing startups and getting them out in the marketplace. So the crypto crash hasn't cooled off the uh, Berkeley creativity? Hey, look, the crypto crash, crash is, has touched everybody at some level, and uh, and there's no question that some <laughs> the, some value has been lost. At, at the same time, I'm I'm a relative crypto optimist. I mean, the way I think about it is reflect back for those of you that have some experience back in the late 1990s. I mean, people were talking about uh, you know this 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 boom, the internet boom, and so forth, and uh, and then some people saw the year 2000 and said, you see, you see, you see what happened, and and here we are, 20 years later, we've got Amazon, we've got a lot of the transformation that people were saying was going to happen. So I think I think crypto portfolios are a little like venture portfolios. There are two or three big winners out of ten, maybe one or two, and a lot of others that aren't going to do so well. But that's more what it looks like than a balanced portfolio of public equities. Where do the top uh, students at Berkeley want to work right now? What, what's the dream? Because uh, my brother, four years older than me, when he was in college, everybody wanted to go work for a bank. Then when I graduated, everybody wanted to work for tech. Where do people want to go right now? Well, you know, one of the things that we see, we see it in higher ed more generally, is that this is a remarkably purpose-driven generation. I mean, you really can't get around that. There, there's obviously professional interests and concerns and professional development that, that's a little bit more traditional. But, you know, so for example, uh, climate change, uh, climate tech. Uh, I, I saw a deck yesterday on climate fintech. I mean, very specific hmm. kinds of uh, sub-developments sub that are going on around the university. We've had a blockchain accelerator here at Berkeley for about five years now, and there's tremendous energy and activity. So, you know, at some level, I don't want to overstate this, but, but the gig economy has created entrepreneurs out of all of us, or, or at least what I would say is the students recognize how important entrepreneurial thinking is. So, so yes, many are still going into traditional jobs, but I see them taking a little bit more agency in creating the pathways that they want to create. How is the uh, liquidity for risk taking at an early startup stage 
looking right now as we've had the macro backdrop change dramatically. Obviously, it's shown up in the market uh, where the Fed is now taking liquidity out. Are you finding that seep its way down to the earliest stages? What is the risk-taking behavior and appetite like out there? Well, you know, I, th there are many that could speak to this, and I see a little slice of it, so I'll give you my perspective from my slice. But, um, you know, in general, a lot of capital has been committed to these funds. The sort of growth of allocation to private assets and venture capital even more specifically. I mean, the, the, the funds are there and, and the, the allocations need to get done and the investments need to get done. Nobody's happy about the, the, the price reductions, the, the value reductions over, over the recent months. But um, so, so I think people are, are seeing a lot of opportunity in these down, down prices, as I mentioned before. But there are two sticking factors, and I'll just put those on the table very very quickly. Number one, down round. Okay, it's a piece of jargon, down round, right? So as you're a startup and you go from what they call series A to series B to series C, these, these private market financing rounds, uh, nobody wants to have a subsequent financing round at a price, i.e. value, that was lower than the last one. That's psychologically difficult and it can be difficult for other reasons as well. And so down round financing is, is, is a sticky thing in the venture world and, and many of these companies are going to need to down round finance if, if they're going to get get the liquidity that they need. Mm -hmm. And then the second piece is, you know, I think a CEO of a, major, a Fortune 500 company would never stand up on your show and say, hey, we haven't sold anything. We're still the same company. We're just as valuable as we were, were yesterday. It's sort of like, no, no, you're not. I mean, the market has spoken. Now, in these private markets, the market doesn't speak in quite that, that obtrusive a way. And a lot of these founders take the value of their company so personally that they, they will sometimes say, look, we're, we're, we haven't really lost that much value. We don't want to do a financing round at that <laughs> low value. It's sort of like, that psychology needs to adjust. <laughs> Why am I not shocked? Uh, really? Okay, I like the... Uh... Uh, perspective, Richard. Interesting. Thanks for being here with us. Good contribution. You got it. All right. Uh, nice variety into our commentary here on the economy and an interesting perspective coming from UC Berkeley.